Welcome to the Hunting Dog Puller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. This is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love. So y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Today's word, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com. And they gave us a discount code for 10% off, T-H-D-P-10. Y'all go check them out. Hey guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and... Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I've been talking to one of my buddies that I talk to regular, and or actually multiple people, and they suggested maybe mixing it up, so we was going to try to mix one up on y'all. It's a little bit of a, a question and answer type of podcast, but it's not really the where you from, what dog you start with, you know, the the from the beginning to the end kind of podcast we jump around and and shoot the bull on quite a few subjects dog hunt related and we're just going to test the water see what y'all thought about it uh, i enjoyed it i enjoy i guess seeing where the conversation takes us not necessarily a we starting at this time frame and ending on this time frame and and everything in between we try to hit so really and truly y'all will be the deciding factor and and kind of getting the feedback and seeing how y'all like it you know we we just trying to mix it up and, and keep it fun for us and, and keep it fun for y'all because some people really like the all the way through timeline and some people don't there's not a one thing fits all and we're still gonna do the start at the beginning and go all the way through your life and talk about these dogs and then dogs but you know it's, instead of doing that maybe talk about current events and stuff that's going on on social media or this person and this person is doing this and that and not necessarily just sticking to whoever is interviewed today so if y'all would shoot us some messages telephone calls text um at the hunt dog public facebook page or hunting dog public at outlook.com just Write us a message. Let us know if you like it, don't like it, you know, and maybe why, if you got a second, why you liked it and why you didn't like it. So, you know, we're open for all all information. Y'all have a good one. Here we go. All right, guys, I got Shane Mason back on. Mr. Shane, woo. how are you? Huh? I, you know, I, I, I was just saying woo. You want to start oh. over? I'm sorry. I interrupt you. I cut, I cut you <laughs> off, 
I'm I'm just excited to be back on, and uh, you know, I'm hell out the gate. So, uh, yeah, if you want to start over, <laughs> I want to leave that. But all right, all right, guys, we got Mr. Shane Mason back on. Mr. Shane, how are you? Cody, I am on top of the world. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. So, Mr. Shane, me and you kind of talked about the team deal with the NSD. And mm-hmm. a little, I guess, don't everybody don't know this, but we was talking about it and before Jimmy come out with it. So, we, yeah, had we a, manifested it. We had a little bit different opinion or ideas of which way we thought it should go, but I mean, this is a good trial run. What do you think? Oh, I think so too. It, it, but but we kind of manifested the whole deal. We've talked about it several times, and I, I tell you what what brought it on. Uh, I like I watch uh, MMA and jujitsu and, and whatnot, and uh, there's a a jujitsu competition called a quintet, where it takes a team of uh of grapplers and they compete and that's kind of where like I, I got the come up with the platform or whatever and uh and made a post about it and jimmy seen it and said man we've been trying to come up with a, a a way to do a team thing and just never could make it work but like what we laid out like i think that's gonna work so they they kind of put it together um and i think jimmy called and talked to a couple of different advisors that he has, and this is the the platform they come up with. Uh, and I, I think it could be uh, like there's a lot of ways you could do it. Uh, like you could play with the rule set and, and and how you put the teams together and the number the the actual number of uh of team members you have. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I like it. Um, I do think that I like. Th- we kind of was flirting around with the idea of having members instead of breeds of dogs. I yeah. like I like the idea of that. That way you can, because it's just for whatever reason, it's normally harder to get people with a feist breed to want to hunt in an open style event. That now that being said, there's a lot of people out there that do it. There, I guess there's both sides of the road, but for some reason, I, I see more people not wanting to do it yeah. than there are that wants to do it. Right. Well, the most of the fights, they're not bred for the competition style. And, uh, and most are, you know, if you say honest, maybe a little too honest or maybe not enough nose power or maybe, you know, however, however you want to look at it, they don't trade quite enough uh, in the midday rounds and things like that to be super competitive. Now there's, and there's outliers. Uh, there, there's quite a few outliers, but, uh, with the, with the nationals, the, the breeds hunt against the same breeds and like with the team thing, the fights would hunt, hunt against fights and the tree and curves hunt against tree and curves. The hounds would, would hunt against hounds. It, it's, uh, it's really more of a promotional deal for the nationals. Like it's a, another event. Uh, it's a cool deal. I, I, I think it could possibly take off if it, it like you could even do like a league uh, and you could have, so if you didn't do like breeds, like separated by breeds, you could do like a five man team. And let's say I'm over here in Louisiana, like the Arklatex. I'm Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas. Like I can get to uh, 
any of those three states within 30 minutes. So let's say we have a hunt over here and there's five people on our team and we, you know, we have one guy in Mississippi, one guy in Texas, one guy in Louisiana, maybe one guy in Tennessee where you have three dog cast and all five team members do not have to be there. Like you can set it up like that. I think that'd be very interesting. So you have, it's almost like a basketball team where you have your, your starting players, then you have like a bench. Uh, but you, you know, you have five represent rep, representatives of, of the team, but only three have to be there. Yeah. And, it, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could do it. I like it. I like the idea. I like the concept of rooting for people. Um, I like the the camaraderie, if you will, yeah. of talking junk and, back and forth to other teams. They, you know, they might they might still be your buddies and and or whatever. You can root for your buddy, or you can talk crap to somebody that's buddy that's not on your team. You know. Yeah, and and so you could, uh, you know, you could put a super team together, and and. Like and see if it how that plays out. Like, I don't think it would play out like where they would just be super dominant. Maybe, maybe one round, like possibly. But if you have like a a series of these hunts, I I think it's just too many factors involved where you'd have like a, a super dominant team. Now I might be wrong on that. Uh, you just gotta play it out and see. Yeah. Now Jimmy's talking about doing it. Uh, morning and afternoon and counting points at the end. Yep. I, I, yeah, so it'd, it'd be it'd be two separate rounds. So you have a morning round, not full elimination, just a morning round, and then you have an evening round, and then you add up all your points. Uh, and, they're, and they'll draw out for dogs. So you could draw out for dogs, or you could do team versus team. You could have, you know, team state line versus, you know, team – whoever yeah and, and and play it up like that too if, if you wasn't doing if you wasn't separating it by breed well i guess if you were separating by breed uh you could still do the same thing what do you think what's your opinion on the nationals why why is it that it's not bigger than it is because if we think about it so you've got an open event just about anywhere in the country generally mm-hmm. has 10 plus dogs at an open event there there might be six hunts this weekend with 10 dogs at each event and yep. we struggle to get that many dogs of each breed over there and i'm i'm one of them I, it is a six and a half hours and i plan on going this year and also timing might be the issue you know right there at the new year i understand a lot of people's yep. work like mine is is hectic that time of the year but I just I don't understand why it's not bigger than it is. Uh, it, it has the possibility to to be the biggest hunt in the country. Now, not necessarily the most money, but the the biggest participant uh, event in the country. So you you know, if you had twenty dogs per breed, that's eighty that's eighty dogs, uh, and and that's not even hard to achieve. <clears throat> so. I think, the, you know, he just started doing this. Like, last year was the first year that he, that he separated by breeds. So, I think, you know, just like everything else, it takes time. It's got to marinate a little bit. And uh, I think it will catch on. 
I love the concept. Yeah. Now, also last year they say it was in a great spot. That Cesar, what was your opinion on it? Uh, it's flat. They have lots of squirrels. It's 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 a great spot. But there was some there was some uh, like a big chunk of land that we may be able to get uh, in the future. But I don't I don't know if it could house you know like a I don't know if it could do a hundred dogs or or eighty dogs. It might can, but yeah, I I, I don't know. You talking about where it know. was last year? Yeah, yeah. Now it's a great place, but I don't know if uh, if they can have that many that many calves. What's your opinion on it versus Lake Barkley? So Lake Barkley, it's a res- we have it at the resort at the the state park or the state resort. It's a great place. Like it's it's you know dated, but it's real clean and it, it's a super cool place. A red carpet score dog event. The LBL has a ton of land. You're not going to run out of spots. It's hilly. There's some hills in there. There's also, uh, like, the squirrels are pretty finicky. Like, if a cold if a cold front comes through, like, it might shut them down. And, you know, we've had some great hunts there, and we've had some, you know, not-so-great hunts there. The, the, the place in Illinois is, is super good lots of squirrels real flat uh and i think they probably have enough but i i just you know i don't know that that'd be the only knock against it the the clubhouse is fine they have a a little uh, cafe there inside the clubhouse that's super cool as far as the amenities and everything we had a uh, wade and i got a, a a little cabin on the lake very very nice nothing nothing super fancy but but super super nice you know uh very adequate there's i believe a a hotel or of some sort at a country club just right up the road the clubhouse now like it's it's okay my dad i didn't realize this but my dad's buddy told me yesterday he said they was going to lbl they're going up there riding mules and stuff, wagons, and I don't know if that's a different part than the part that y'all normally hunt up there. But Mm-mm. no, it, it's it's great riding, and you and you'll see people camped out riding horses, riding side by side. But you, you're not gonna run out of areas like it's yeah. it's huge. It's a, over a hundred thousand acres, I believe. What about uh, so? Do you think that the uh, the team event will be a success this year? If you had to guess right now, yes, because it's it's going to be a cap, so he's not allowing more than nine teams. Uh, and I and it, even in, in the way he's doing it, if it's less than nine teams, it'll still be a go. Uh, I think it will. Yeah, I I mean, if you have four or five teams, I think I think it's a success. But I think you'll have nine teams. Yeah. Well, I, I, the only thing I wish, I wish you could see how many people have signed up at this moment. Like, I guess Jimmy's the only one that can see who's signing up. But you have to be signed up by November the 30th with your dogs. Yeah, I don't think he's going to, in his first come, first serve, I don't believe 
he's announced or, or, or started taking teams yet, but I, th- I believe he's going to here soon. It'd be cool if he if you could see like a board of who all was there and what dogs. Oh yeah, like it, it, yeah. That I I don't know. I like that idea of it. I might I do too. It to him. Yeah, it, yeah. If it's promoted right, I, I think it. I think it could take off. I do too. Um, while we're talking about the NSD, what do you think about the new pro hunt rules? Like, so for the people that don't know, it is during the first round. If both dogs or all three dogs are on the card with circle points only, the circle points are thrown out the window and you're hunting again for 10 minutes. Now, that 10 minutes is going to be the make or break. So if the dog A has a 100 circle at the end of the 10-minute overtime, that dog wins with circle points. But what it's doing is it's giving squirrel dogs another chance. Yeah, so it is. Uh, I, I can see an issue with having a lot of overtimes. Uh, I think it depends on the, the country that you're in and, and, the, and the conditions. Yeah. But I can see it going into a lot of overtimes. Like, I, like I, and I know what he's trying to do. Like, he's trying to, like, like give – an advantage, or not an advantage, but just give uh, opportunities for a, a dog that's treeing squirrels to advance and taken away from dogs that are not treeing squirrels. Uh, so, like, during the summertime or, like, early fall, like, say, right now, if you look at the scorecards, there's not a ton of squirrels being scored anywhere. Like, there's some, there's a few, but there's a lot of leaves on the trees and there's just not a ton of squirrels being uh, scored. So you, like your wood monsters and dogs that make wood and maybe dogs that have a bigger nose or whatever your opinion is on that. Well, they may, uh, you know, they may, they may win a little bit more, but I think uh, just organically everything is moving towards more squirrel treeers than not squirrel treeers. But, I, you know, I might be wrong on that. But I understand what he's trying to do. I just don't know if it's going to work. I mean, I like it. I, I've, I've, which pre-competition hunting the last couple of years, I've hunted squirrel pleasure hunting. I've, and I'm just dumbfounded that it seems to me that we're getting or have gotten or however you want to say it, these dogs are gambling more, whatever you want to call it. Slick treeing, gambling. Uh, the squirrel might have been there five hours ago. Who knows? Big nose, whatever you want to call it. But I'm kind of dumbfounded that that wins competition. Now, I understand there needs to be a winner because if you drive four hours, six hours, whatever, somebody needs to win. Right. But during the day, I'm kind of dumbfounded that if a dog makes 10 or 12 trees, we're not finding one, you know, and it's winning. And a dog right. got beat with, you know, these dogs on these other casts might have treed three or four squirrels. And I understand it's location-based. But at least they treed three or four squirrels, and then whatever dog advanced out of that cast goes over here 
and gets beat by the dog that still is not treating squirrels because of location or time of day or whatever. I'm just dumbfounded that we're we're saying, you know what? You won, and I understand it. it there has to be a winner. I just, I, I just got a problem with making 10, 12 trees during the day, zero squirrels seen, and that dog's the best that day, and there might be six other dogs that treat squirrels. That's a good argument. I understand that. Uh, and I just, I think you're going to go to overtime and the same dogs are, are still going to advance. Well, I get it. I get it. And, and, but I might be wrong. Like you got to play it out to see, like, it's good that he's trying something. Yes. Like nothing changes if nothing changes. Like you have to, you have to like test some things. If it doesn't work, you don't have to do it. Like, I will say this, like with like with the NSD, that's what's really good about it. It's one guy calling the shots. He can make a change on the fly if he wants to. And uh, you don't have to go in front of a board or anything like that to get to get things changed around. So if it, if it doesn't work, throw it out and keep moving. And, you know, I, there was a lot of people that was upset that he didn't vote, let people vote. Yeah, well, I don't – man – I've been involved in that, and I, I, I wouldn't let them vote. Well, uh, I, I'm I, not saying you don't listen to people. I'm yeah. not saying that. Well, but, I told Jimmy that in all reality, if he was, was wanting to keep the peace, he might should have uh, <laughs> sent out ballots and let people send them back, <laughs> and then <well, laughs> kind of like the government's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know right, what? But the thing is. You barely won to change the rule of the favor that I wanted. Yeah, but I mean that, but like, but the people voting on it don't know. They don't know if it's going to work or not. Well, like, I agree. They, they, after it goes through, they may love it. They may like love the, it and they may hate it, but I'll promise you this. The people that don't love it right now are winning with circle trees. And the people that love the way the rule's changing, are people that, if you look at scorecards, generally have plus points. And I understand right. it. It caters to the dog that you're hunting. Right. I but just, I know some people that, that are winning by plus points, too, and they're they're not. that They're more in favor of just leaving it like, like it is. Yeah. Or, or, they're, or they're very skeptical that it's going to work. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think you know, if, if we won't argue over – not treeing squirrels and being a champion that day. Like I said, I understand we got to win, but we should start taking our hooks off of fishing lures and counting bites. Yeah, hey, I, I understand that. You know, but, uh, at the end I mean, of the day, well, these bass competitions they ain't winning by how many bites that they got. No, they're they're not. It, uh, but that's kind of apples and oranges too. They're also there's there's also way more money in the bass fishing than it is the squirrel hunting. Well, now I agree with that. That that's another topic. Like uh, the coon dog. I guess we kind of follow coon dogs, and they are seeming to advance with more money, more people. I guess more people are doing. They said they had something like eighty youth. 
And, yep. and I might, I need to check my numbers, but how many youth were at the youth coon hunting world? Yeah. So, yeah, so at the PKC youth coon, uh, world coon hunt, there was 80, 80 something kids there. And we can't even get, uh, we can't even get 80 squirrel dogs at the NSD world or any world. As a, I don't think there's any world hunt here lately. Now I know they say they used to be more dogs. Well, there was, yeah, but there's only like one world hunt back in the day. Well, N- NKC has four. <laughs> yeah, and, and two, two or three of them on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I, I don't know where I, I was going I, with that. What 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 do you yeah, think well, about the coon dogs? Hey, that's that's a good segue to go into to to, to the money and the coon dogs and all that. So I, I believe like coon hunting is on the verge of being mainstream and, and blowing up. Um, so it's a new magazine out called Hounds. I have not read it. Uh, Field and Stream just covered it. There was something on on a Pro Sport uh, uh, page the other day that they 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 posted a. a a magazine uh, clipping of a field and stream, but anyway, I think like so. There's way more money in coon hunting. There's and I there's way less wins with circle trees. I think in the UKC you have to have plus points, but uh, and you know I'm a little bit out of my element when I when I start talking about the the competition coon hunt because I'm. Because I, I don't go to them, but uh, I do listen to the podcast and I do follow some of that stuff. But I, so I, I think the 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 coon hunts are like the NBA, and I think the squirrel hunts are like the WNBA. Like I think, you know, I don't think we'll ever surpass the the coon hunts, like the the popularity or the money. But if they're winning, it's a trickle down effect. I think. I think that spills over to us too. I think if it's more money in that, it will slowly be more money in us. Yeah, I I agree. Now I see the reason for the plus points in the coon hunts. I mean, a coon cannot well, get coon, in a softball sized tennis hole or a tennis ball sized hole in a tree. They also can't hide in small forks and timber out. Yeah, I get all yeah. that, but. The thing that gets me is, is is why is if if you ask the majority of coon hunters if and I understand this is not all of them, but if you ask the majority of coon hunters if they would keep coon hunting if you took away competition, I've heard the t- statistic is overwhelmingly they would quit coon hunting if there was not competition. But yeah. on the other side of that, squirrel hunting, dude. You pull up at a WMA, and it's dog to death with squirrel dogs. But yet we can't get, we we have a problem getting these people to come. And I get it. I, I think a lot of that's the the, the trainers. The, the I don't think there's as good of trainers in squirrel hunting and with the squirrel dogs as it, as it is with the like the coon dogs and the bird dogs. So so you think it's there's better trainers and the coon dogs and there are squirrel dogs. I do. Yeah, I think there's more of them. And I think it's more better trainers. More better trainers. Is that politically yeah. correct? Is that is that how you pronounce that? 
you know, phonetically, it don't sound that good, but <laughs> I think I think there's more trainers, and I think there's I think the majority of them are better than than the squirrel dog trainers. I get it. Now, the and a lot of the argument with the with the coon dogs is there. The money is getting too rich for the for the little man, and then I I actually saw the same thing in the squirrel dog world on a Facebook post. What's your stance on that? Man, I think the more money, the better. Uh, the more money, the more popular it's going to be. Like in the in the coon hunts, there's still thirty dollar hunts. In the squirrel hunts, there's always going to be like like what I would consider in, you know, I'm, somebody's going to get mad, but you, you'll have amateur type hunts and then you have pro type hunts. You're like, well, what's the difference? Well, so if you're a boxer and you're not making any money, it's amateur. And as soon as you start making a dollar, you're a pro. So if you go to these, these hunts and you're playing for money, I consider those pro style hunts. And if you're, not playing for money, I consider that more of an amateur style. Not saying those dogs couldn't compete. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the, you know, if you're playing for money, I consider that like a professional uh, type league. Yeah. Uh, well, anybody yeah. that's willing to bet five hundred dollars uh, for a ninety-minute round or a thousand dollars for a ninety-minute round. They believe in their dog, and as far as I'm concerned, if you believe that much in your dog, you had a professional status. Yeah, oh, and and hey, there's a bunch of those guys that lose. They lose the first round. Like, oh, well, that's gonna happen. Yeah, like two thirds of them. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So, it, it's a tough situation, and you know, I, we've talked about this in the past. I'm not trying to throw shade either, but there's a reason that cur dog events want to hunt against. They're cur dog organizations, and they only want to hunt against cur dogs. And if it's not an open event where you can bring whatever you got, whether that's a feist or if you want to bring a golden retriever. What about Leica? Yeah. Like uh, whatever, I mean, at that point, that's a little higher competition in my mind. Not not saying I mean, there's dogs that win in both. Like you, because I'll see uh, Lost Bottoms Ace mm-hmm. at the OMCBA or UMCABA hunt, and last year he was the Mountain Cur Dog of the Year. So yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to say it like that. I just now I do think that the now I think location also plays a part in that. You know. Where you're at, part. state race, whatever, you know. I personally. And how think, many? You want to talk about state races? How many? How many hunts you have in that state race too? Oh yeah. Now, I think uh, which everybody's gonna like their state, but as many dogs show up in Mississippi, I think that's one of the harder races to win. Well, you, how many hunts are in Mississippi? Uh, this year, it's twelve, teams, ain't it? Is it, yeah. fourteen, sixteen. <laughs> I don't know at this moment. People still talking about adding, but yeah. and see in Louisiana we have uh, five. Yeah, the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Y'all are minimalist people, though. Well, 
<laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to carry the torch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. This Hounds magazine that you was talking about, I saw uh, a thing article on it on Facebook. I think it was. Yeah, I sent it to you. Uh, well, I wasn't going to go that far and say you sent it to yeah. me, but yeah, you sent it to me. <laughs> I, I'd seen it too, but uh, uh, what? Yeah, you gonna be a I mean, get a copy I, of I it or what? Yeah, I would like to, uh, but I haven't read it. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I like more social media and, and things like that. But um, you know, I, I I quit subscribing to the full cry. A long time ago not because i had anything against it it's just like i pretty much everything i read over my phone do you think that paper is dead and i ain't gonna say it's dead like there's still some nostalgic like getting your dog on the cover of a magazine uh, and you can okay back up other than getting your dog on the cover of a magazine or your dog picture in the magazine mm-hmm and let me put it like this. And if you do not have social media, do you think it's a, a positive or a negative or it is what it is? Holy smokes. Uh, I'm putting man, you on the spot, any, too. I think anything's a positive. Like, just, it, it, I think anything's a positive. Uh, and evidently, you know, the, the backing behind that that new publication they think it's there's there's something there. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it's dead. I just think it it might be shifting. Uh, and I, I even even for like people that do have social media, uh, there's still a, a lot of people that like like the magazine. You know, there's there's a ton of people that like the jackets and stuff like that. And I don't care for the the jackets that you win at these hunts, but but a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, I like the jacket because growing up. My buddies that coon hunted had the jackets, you know, whatever top sixteen or handler shootout mm-hmm. or whatever you want to, wherever you want to say they had on their back of their jacket, and that was cool. That was back when you know that Wicks material just yeah. come out, and they was walking. You know, we thought that was the coolest thing going, and I, I think, in my opinion, that I guess it, looking back at younger or youth that was a cool thing and I still like the idea of it. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think anything that promotes dog hunting is good. The only downfall I see is is I think you got to shift what you put in the magazine because I can already see who wins these hunts the day of. As a matter of fact, yeah. I can see a video of that dog going. If I go to anywhere, if a dog's winning, there's a video of it somewhere on Facebook. Right. And let's say, uh, as far as like ads, like stud dog ads or whatever. If I made a stud dog ad, I could get on, say, Facebook and and and, and spend like 50 bucks and hit a couple thousand people. Yeah. Or you could spend, I don't know how much it is for a, a full page ad in a magazine now, but I'm sure it's a couple hundred dollars and may not hit, but, a, a, you know, a couple hundred people. Yeah. Well, there, there's there got to be apparently a lot of people doing it because it wouldn't make sense for 
money-wise. If these people's got enough money to start a publication, they're probably mm-hmm. not uh, very dumb, unsmart people, whatever you want to call them. They're not dumb with money if, they, if they've got enough money to start a publication. So yep. in my mind, I'm looking at, like, I must be missing something because – I don't think it would be worth it, but now these people's got enough money to go out here and spend on it. They think it's worth it, and I, like I said, it's promoting dog hunting, so I, I, that's a plus. I just, I just don't understand it. I guess, if you will. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, that that's if I was, if I was putting a business together, uh, it probably wouldn't be a, a publication. It wouldn't be a magazine. Yeah. Now, I think some of them you can do an online publication to where you can look at it on your phone, if I'm not mistaken. And, and, and pay like a subscription or, or? I think so. I think actually on that, I tried to read part of that entry or whatever, that article on the Houndsman mm-hmm. or whatever, and it mm-hmm. let me read like a paragraph and it wanted me to pay like 15 bucks. So, mm-hmm. I that might yeah. be, you know, that might be the way of the future is doing your publications where you get your articles written and then you have some sort of app or whatever and it's got the pictures and all that. So, yeah. And the cover but, photo be like the opening page of the magazine or whatever. I don't, you know, that might be a, a way of the future. I might be giving too much info on something we need to do. Yeah, that, 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 that's still a tough sell. That's a tough sell for me when you can just get on Instagram or Facebook and and have a you know have a picture there and and like I, I don't know maybe so like I mean you can have blogs to have. You don't sound like you're trying to promote dog hunting. Well, like I'm not. I guess I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to promote dog hunting. Uh, it's just, I, you're asking me my opinion on a magazine on, on paper. Is paper dead? I don't think it's dead. Like there's, there's got to be something to it, or they wouldn't be, you know, starting up these magazines or whatever. It's got to be something to it that the the people, uh, they they just bought full cry and, and picking it back up, which is great. I'm glad they did. Uh, I'm just like I have a young family and I work a lot. Like I. Since, since the last time we spoke on air, I've taken a, a job. I'm back in the workforce and, uh, uh, in the oil and gas industry. So I'm, I'm just busy. So a lot of my information I'm getting from my phone, I don't, I really don't take time to sit down and read through a magazine. If I, uh, you know, if I'm sitting down, I'm, I probably got a kid in my lap. I get it. I get it. What about, uh, so, while we're still talking about dogs and all this, do you think that prices of dogs are ruining the sport? Man, puppies I'm, for puppies aspect. Dude, I thought I so let's just stay in score dogs because uh, I'm not for sure about other other uh, tree dogs, but let's just talk about score dogs. I believe that the the score dog puppies have been undervalued for a long time. And I've seen them go from 200 to 300 to 500, and some of them are selling for 700 and perhaps even 1,000 now. But I, uh, there's a guy, uh, a buddy of mine, 
sort of a, I, I say a buddy, an acquaintance, good friend, whatever. Uh, we don't talk much, but anyway, I like him. He did, and he had a, a, a really nice dog that was a really good producer. He, he told me, this was probably four or five years ago. He's like, man, I don't see how you guys get $500 for a puppy. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, we we can't get more than 300 And I was like, yeah, you can. He's like, no, I'm telling you, we, we can't. We'll get stuck with them. I was like, yes, you can. Like, do you know why you can't get $500 for a puppy? He's like, uh, they, they won't pay it. I was like, no, because you hadn't asked for it. Like, like he started asking five hundred dollars for for puppies and started selling more. He was selling way more puppies than what he was before. And it's not like he's a puppy mill or anything. It's just well, it's funny uh, how how if you try to give a dog away, that dog people will think that something's wrong with it. If yeah. if you put five hundred dollars on it and act like you're having a limited quantity and a big waiting list, everybody and their brother wants it. Well, that, yeah, so that's supply and demand. You know, if, if supply is low and demand's high, well, the price must rise. But, like, when, whenever you give a dog away to somebody, if you don't see value in it, why would anybody else see value in it? And I, and I know there's been some, some super dogs given away. I've given some nice dogs away. Like, when I say nice dogs, I'm talking about, they treat squirrels. You can go out and kill squirrels with them. They're not polished for for competition. And there's, you know, and there's a difference between a pleasure dog and a comp dog. A lot of people don't think so, but I do. And I think there's very few dogs that are elite comp dogs and elite squirrel dogs. I think there's several that are elite squirrel dogs where you can go out and pleasure hunt and kill a pile of squirrels. And I think there's several that are elite competition dogs but i think there's a very few that are elite in both i think there's a lot that are pretty good at both but elite i think there's a that's just a small group um and i think like the boot leather and the the miles you put in these dogs i think they ought to be worth two or three times more than what they are like everything else is going up i think score dogs should go up too well i i agree but a lot of people want to argue that fact. And I think there's a miscommunication with most of the people that argue that are, I hate wrong. to say it, well, they're, they're, they're I think they're no, pleasure. I'm playing, I'm playing, no, I'm playing. <laughs> no, there, there's a lot of cop hunters that say that too. They don't want to see these dogs go, they don't want to see the prices get high. Well. And hey, I've been... So I've been at fault for selling dogs and, and I haven't sold a whole lot, but uh, I've sold a few and I sell them for what I think they're worth. And then whoever I sold them to, they turn around, they sell them for like three times more. I'm like, golly, I sold them too cheap. I'm selling them for what I think they're worth and not what the market value is. Like, I'm selling them for what I would pay for a dog. Like I like raising dogs and training dogs, and and but I would be way further ahead if I just went out and bought a dog. Just bought a really good dog, 
instead of tinkering around and messing with one, especially now with with the, the my family situation and and uh, and work, like I'd be way further ahead. But that's not how I'm built. I like I like uh, I like tinkering with with bloodlines and breeding, and I like the idea of building a dog, training a dog, and winning with that dog at the highest level. Yeah. There's something romantic about that, but it, it, it's very hard to do, to, to go through every stage. I, I agree. For whatever reason, it seems like the people that are breeding very well, for whatever reason, which I guess there's some exceptions, but the guys that are breeding, people are seem to be getting dogs from them that win a lot, and then... And I guess there's some exceptions, the Rod Hardys and the Adam O'Donnells. But for the most part, the people that I see breeding don't really, either they're not comp hunting enough or they're not winning. I don't know how that works. Well, so you got to put the the puppies in the right hands too. Yeah. And And that's tough. So like, you know, as a breeder, you have to, like you have to wear a lot of hats and, um, so, like, if Smarty Jones or, you know, insert another famous racehorse, if they were sold to, uh, you know, some old fella that's just going to put it out in the pasture because he likes horses and likes to watch them and, and trail rides from, you know, every once in a while, like, the, you know, that, that horse would never be famous and it would never win a Kentucky Derby or, or anything like that. Like, you have to put them in the right hands. Uh and it, and sometimes it's tough to do. Like those guys got to buy into your program too. Yeah, yeah. Secretariat might not have made a great barrel racer, uh, right. roping horse. He, <laughs> yeah, right. Or he could have been the best one ever. Well, you, know? you never know. I mean. Yeah, and then you know, like he would be way more famous as a racehorse than he would a barrel horse. Yeah, but, I, I'd hate to stop him in one of them short holes when he comes off of that last barrel. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, well, I got a couple of listener questions for you. Okay. Like dating advice or, or what? Um, Relationship? I'm actually going to keep it just a squirrel at this moment. Okay. Okay. All right. So I had a guy call in, uh, or not call in, I had a guy write the podcast wanting information about squirrel feeders. What kind of squirrel feeders do you use? All right, so I've used several different kinds. Uh, at one time, my uncle and me had a restaurant, so I, I got these pickle jars, and I would make these pickle jar feeders, and I'd hang them up. And I, I had a, a tree in Kerr one time. She jacked the tree so bad that uh, she was treed. And uh, when I found her, she was on top of the squirrel feeder, and the squirrel feeder was like, seven foot in the air she was on top of a tree and uh it was before cell phone cameras and all that i, I wish i could have videoed it but anyway so I, I used to hang them on the side of the tree uh the dogs they they seem to like like they remember where the feeders are and they are. or maybe just there's a lot of scent hanging out right there too so, yeah. so like if a squirrel's there all the time well there's gonna be scent there so the, the dogs would just tree on these feeders. Like you cut them loose and they would go straight to the feeder and tree. 
So I started doing like five gallon buckets. And I'd, I'd do a hole saw about three quarters of the way up and put a hole like a, like a doorknob hole saw. So I put like a two inch hole there and fill it up with corn. And, uh, and that works pretty good. Like the, the, the squirrel sometimes will be inside the, the, the bucket and when the, when the dog comes up there to it and it, you know, makes a, a heck of a noise and the squirrel comes out and the dog chases it. And, and when you put it on the ground, the squirrels have to come on the ground to get feed out of it. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. And you can pick up the bucket and walk with it and move it around. It's not in the same spot all the time. Well, I'm glad uh, you said that because I kind of set you up on this. So yeah. the listener wants to know if the squirrels, he, his, his question was worded, do they make a mess in the bucket? So... I mean, I see a bunch of sunflower seed holes in my buckets, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, they, I mean, they will, and and so like with the with the five gallon buckets, when the if you're if you let it run out of feed, they'll chew them up pretty bad. But some duct tape fixes that. But uh, it'll make your hole smaller. Yeah, they they can make a mess in there, but you know, if you just dump your bucket out, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but pouring it out on the ground works pretty good too, and just changing up your spots. Yes, I know uh, certain people. I they take a cup of corn a day and sprinkle it around the bases of random trees. Mm-hmm. That way, that's always in a different spot. I've heard you know the buckets on the ground, so the squirrels. Sometimes the puppies can catch them in the buckets, and then when it runs out, it gets them fired up. I've heard, yeah. you know, I've heard downfalls of snakes hanging out at the base of these buckets because they. Yeah. Have... Well, they, they they get that squirrel scent there, and I don't know if it's I I, I guess it's scent. I don't know. Uh, can a squirrel a can mine, a snake smell? Yeah, I don't know, but he senses something. I can tell you that uh, a buddy of mine. He's been living at, at a uh, – it's Jared Hughes, he's a biologist in, the, in Louisiana on, the, on these WMAs in North Louisiana. At his house, he lived there for several years, no rattlesnakes at all. He got into squirrel dogs, put out squirrel feeders, and he, he kills rattlesnakes there every single year now. Really? And they hang out at the feeders, yes. Uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, – being Colburn, he had a, a nice puppy that was treeing at a feeder on a tree and got bit by a rattlesnake and uh like a young puppy, like four or five months old, and, uh, and he died. He got bit while he was treeing a squirrel. Wow, the puppy did? Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes. All right, my other listener question was, what yard work, if any, do you do in the yard with your puppies before going to the woods? That's a good question. That's a great question, actually. Uh, yard work is very important. That's so. There's there's three pillars, and I was taught this by Wade Hildebrand's dad, David. And I, I call and I I call it this. They don't, but uh, it's a showstopper way. There's three three pillars that that you really 
must have. And I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but if you got these three things down, man, it, it makes training a score dog a lot easier. So, or a coon dog or anything. So, they have to come to you when called. Not sometimes, not when they want to. I'm talking about uh, we train them to turn the collar off, but they have to come to you when called, and we do that with stimulation. Uh, and when they get to you and they look at you, that's when they're there. It's not coming by you. Uh, like, well, they have to come to you when called every single time. Here, and they're, they're coming to you. Uh, they have to be gun broke. And not, man, I, I shot a 22 around them a couple of times. They have to be bulletproof gun broke. The third thing, they have to be leash broke. So I'll give you some scenarios. If you're in the woods and you have a young dog and it trees a squirrel and you're trying to get to it and it leaves a tree, if you can't call that dog back to that tree, you like you can't you can't correct what he's doing. So there might be multiple situations where that dog is, is treeing but leaves a tree and tree and leaves a tree. If it will come to you when called, you can you can nip a lot of that in the bud. Uh, the and let's say you get the dog to the tree and let's say he's not leash broke and you tie it to the tree and it freaks out well you just associated something negative with what you're trying to you, like you're wanting that dog to be you want that tree to be positive and you're just so he has to be leash broke and let's say he is leash broke but he's not gun broke and then you you blast a 12 gauge over his head boom 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 and he freaks out, slips the collar, runs off. Like you, it might set you back six months. So if you got those three pillars, that's like the three pillars of success. If you got those three pillars knocked down, you got that dog is bulletproof, gun broke. And you and you don't start by shooting it, you know, shooting over the top of the puppy, and you don't start by popping firecrackers over them and 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 whatever, like. <laughs> so, some dude, like I've had all kinds of people tell me some crazy stuff, but they're like some dogs are more acclimated. Well, not not acclimated. That's the the wrong word. Some dogs are more uh, susceptible to to being gun shy. Some, I guess, is, is is some kind of noise sensitivity. Like some people. Are nervous people. Some dogs are ner more nervous than other dogs, or whatever. But there's no dog that's ever been born gun shy. They've never heard a gun before, so it's impossible for them to be going born gun shy. They were made gun shy. I'm with you. By a person. By a person that shot a gun and it scared them. And you're like, well, what about thunder? I, I've seen a bunch of dogs afraid of thunder, but not afraid of guns. Well, my dog. My dog does not like thunder, but I tell you what, you pull out any gun in the yeah. woods, boy, he's looking around. Yeah, so you, you, and I'm not going to get into how you gun break them, and I'm not going to get into how you uh, teach them to come to you and, and all that, but those are the three pillars. That That's the yard work right there. Come, come to you when called, gun broke, and leash broke. That'll save me a lot of steps. Awesome. Awesome answer. Well, you told me you had a funny dog-related story you you have for the podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, 
So let me paint a picture for you. This this happened last night. So as I mentioned earlier, I've been working. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't seen my dad in a while. So he he let us. Uh, he gave us a holler and said, "Hey, I've, I'm going to cook tonight. Why don't y'all come over?" So uh, I picked my dog up, Megatron, brought him up there, made a round with him. Hickson and me made a little loop before uh, we carried Hickson to church. Come back eight, uh, hung out for a while, then went home. So I get to the house. Hickson's unloading the truck, all of his junk, and uh, I get Megatron out. I put the lead on him, so you, you know you can he'll walk beside you with the lead dragging. So I put the lead on him and just turn him loose. So. I go to the feed barrel. He's already there waiting on me. I go out and feed him and uh, and go feed Stoner, my puppy. Come inside, get the kids in the bath, get ready for bed, go to bed. At two, so like the kids, so we, we, our baby fell asleep on the way home. So we got we have her and, and Danielle in my room. Danielle got uh, Eden and, and Hickson in Hickson's room, uh, and I get up early, so uh, I just went to the living room and got on the couch. So at, at like 2.15 this morning, somebody's rattling the door, the front door. And so the, what? The front door, yeah, yeah. So the front door, we don't ever use. Like, we've been there for five years, and dude, I ain't kidding you. Like I might have went out that thing maybe five times. Like it stays locked. It uh, we use the garage door. Somebody gonna be looking down the barrel of a gun. So, and and so like I'm I'm starting to wake up a little bit and rah, 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 like rattling the front door. And it, it's so the 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 front door is like a solid glass door. Then it's a wooden door, right? So like yeah, the other doors in the house are like your your aluminum screen doors. Well, this is a solid glass door. It's like the, the front door. You know, it, it's nicer looking or whatever. Anyway, they're rattling it. I mean, so I jump up, and I'm like a like a panther going across the living room floor. Like I'm in I'm in stalk mode because I'm fixing to beat the hell out of somebody. And and I slip up there to the door. And like, it's like kind of like an old school door. It's got like a diamond with four diamonds in it that are glass. And I ease up, and I look, and I don't see anything. And then go, 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 go. It does it again, and I'm like, I'm looking at the door. <laughs> and I look down. Let me ask you this Megatron. question: When it done it again, did it scare you? I, well, dude, I, like I knew for a fact it wasn't the wind; like it was something. It was a ghost. It was Megatron. And I look there, and hey, so like the, the door is like, so it's got like a shock on it, and it's got the little slide that holds it in place. So the door was like, this glass door is probably three inches open. Like, I don't know if the FedEx guy had opened it and put, put like, a sticker or I don't something know. on your door. Yeah, you but there was, we got yeah, the door wasn't at our store. Correct. The, or maybe lift a package, and they'll sometimes they'll leave it inside the door. Anyway, it wouldn't shut all the way, so it was about 
two or three inches open, and he would hit his foot. Like he was, dude, he was all four just standing there, like knocking on the door, waiting for me to answer it. <laughs> and like the deadbolt has a key in it. Like you, like you have to unlock it with a key from the inside. Yeah. So unlock it and open up the door. And hey, man, he's super happy to see me. Tickle I'm happy dick. to see him too. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy that it's him and you know. Not some stranger not, you're gonna have to get into a conflict with. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I'm scratching my head. I'm like, what? So I go back around there, and I, I have him on a on a chain in the backyard. Uh, when I went to feed him, there was a. He's got like a stainless steel food bowl, and there's a some ants in it. Well, I knocked the ants out, and I moved the bowl, and I fed him, and I took the lead off of him. And evidently, I did not put the the chain on him, and and uh, then I went and fed my my pup, and and come on inside to get the kids a bath and everything. Like I, I dodged a bullet because I, I live on Highway 371. It's the fourth busiest highway in Louisiana. Like it's this corridor. Like it, I mean, it's busy. It's a million wonders he wasn't in the it or gone or gone hunting. Yeah, or maybe he did and come back, you know? And and why he come to the living room, like, how did he know I was in there? Anyway, it's like he was just knocking on the door. Uh, and, and it took me a while to go back to sleep. Like, like my stomachs were in knots. Like, it was in a knot. Like, I was thinking, dang, man. Like, why wouldn't he, you know, through the neighborhood somewhere, or why, like, does he have that much sense? How did he know I was, like, how did he know to come to the front door? How did he know I was in the living room? Did he go to the garage door first and nobody was there, so he come to that one? <laughs> well, a dog uh, with that much sense, is he for sale? Uh, not on sale, that's for sure. But uh, he might be for sale. I don't know. Uh, depends on... <laughs> <laughs> like, like I want to tell you, Megatron is like, I really done him and his littermate brother a disservice because I, I let them run loose on my farm for, uh, for too long. So he's street smart, I guess, but uh, but he's got some bad habits and had some bad habits, and I've I've uh corrected him on it, and and he's I mean he he'll treat a fire out of squirrels, but he he was had a bad habit of flying the dogs if if a dog uh tree close to him he'd go over there and try to steal their tree and and some people like that or whatever i don't yeah. and like like that's not what i'm looking for uh not in the competition hunts but and i think i've corrected him on it i think i've got him out of it but still you know him and his brother started treeing really early and i was killing squirrels to him super early i just let them run loose and if i would have just put them up and, and done it a little bit differently, I think they would have uh, probably already made an impact, you know, or, or not an impact, but I think they would have probably already won some hunts because oh. they had the talent. It's just, you know, a squirrel dog is kind of like a knife blade. Like you have, you have, so that you can have a, a several blades. You have this knife, you have that knife, you have this, like, but to get them to the competition level, it needs to be sharpened and honed. So I, I've had squirrel dogs in the past that were great squirrel dogs. Just like you can have a great knife and use it for a tool and you can use it for this and you can use it for that. 
but for the compliments and it, it was me not knowing how to not knowing how to sharpen them. Um, they weren't comp dogs. And and I think uh, you know just like a knife blade, you can you can get them sharpened and honed and to where they're razor sharp, and they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, and I don't I don't know if he's going to get to where you know I can go win a world title with him. Uh, I don't know. He's still pretty young, and I like him a lot. And evidently, he's pretty smart because he ain't got to run over. Yeah, he, he might have a heck of a nose. You talking about a cold nosed dog? I went out that door probably two years ago, and uh, <laughs> he, he he smelt your track. He yeah. smelt you through the wood. Maybe so. Like it, that blows my mind. It uh, I and I've I've put a lot of time into him uh, here lately too, and it and man, like I I, I really dodged a bullet on that. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been upsetting because. You know, I don't know if you leashed him, but uh, or if your son leashed him, you said he took him around there. Or no, you... no, no, no. I, I put a leash on him and just let him go. Oh, I thought you said that he walked around there with Hickson. I was gonna say, man, because no, I, no, I know no, Hickson would have got blamed for. Yeah, I'd have went there and got him out of the bed. Where's my dog? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was all me on that one. Well, and, uh, I, I just you know kind of got distracted and uh and took you know took the the leash off of him and i you know i i wonder even like he might not have known he was off the leash he might lay down and like woke up and like hey i don't have a chain on me (laughs) his collar's lighter yeah like i don't know uh i wish i had a camera in the backyard and and that way i could see what what all went down i could see if he if he took off right then or if he hung around for a while well, either way, it's a bad situation. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, no harm, no foul, but dang. I got uh, I got one last segment. I want to do a little bit here before mm-hmm. I let you go. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna let you dictate. We're gonna do a hunt, sell, cull. You can. We can either do a breed with different breeds of dogs, or we can pick out three individual dogs. Oh, hey, you can pick out three dogs. You want to do individuals, or you just want to do breeds to start off? You can do do individuals. I don't care. Uh, I think that'd be funny. I think somebody's going to get mad. Ooh, I got All right, let let, let me ask this question. Can you name Mm -hmm. a bird dog besides Wade's? that uh is going on the circuit that's nice i mean chase young's got one that's matthias littermate okay what's his name it might be lady bird i don't know uh i was wanting to keep it in the bird dog family i was yeah oh man what you got i tell you what you got venom I mean, he won. All right, let's let's go this round. Let's go this way. We've got Messiah. Mm Mm-hmm. We got Romeo. And we Mm -hmm. got Goldtooth. Okay. So you got to hunt one of them. You got to cull one of them. And you're going to have to sell one of them. And they all three nuts. Yeah. All right. So 
I'm going to <laughs> man. I am. Oh boy, I am torn on on which one I'm going to hunt. Which one I'm going to sell? Okay, I'm going to hunt Romeo. I'm going to sell Messiah, and I'm going to call go to. So you're going to hunt Romeo. Yeah. So so you decided to keep. Has Messiah won a world? Uh no. Yeah, okay. he's won a junior. I mean, Messiah's young. He's won a junior, a junior classic, which is turned into the junior world. But it was it was just a one day hunt then. Uh, he's won the junior classic and the junior nationals. He won the junior nationals the same year that I won the nationals. So you keeping Romeo? Does that have anything yeah. to do with you winning a world with the Romeo? No, no. I, so I, you know, I'm uh kind of shallow romeo's a prettier dog to me uh i think i can get more money for messiah than i can romeo and goldtooth is old and in bad health so i was talking about in their prime oh you didn't say that <laughs> oh you used the, the chief way out i'm trying to get but, us a uh, little... you, you didn't you didn't say that. Oh, my God. So, so he's on but, his last leg anyway, so you're just going to go ahead and cool him, huh? Put him out the pasture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, next time I'm going to specify. So we, we since since Goldtooth's old, you're going to mm-hmm. cool him. Yeah. Since, since you think you can get more mas- money for Messiah and you called Messiah ugly, you're going to sell him. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> no, you're putting words in my No. Mouth. You said he's don't look as good. No, he he doesn't. I mean, so like, if you have two, okay, so you got Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Are we talking about Britney Spears when Who's she prettier? shaved her hair off? Uh, no. Oh. At the VMA Awards. Oh. Who's prettier? Well, I don't know. It, it depends on which one you like. Well, I'm, I'm asking Cody. Who's prettier? I don't. I didn't watch the VMA awards, so I don't know what they look like. To be honest, okay, the Britney so Spears you know, I got you know, in my mind when she went crazy and cut all her hair off. So I'm okay, going with Christina I mean, Aguilera. So, all right. Do you think Britney Spears is ugly? No. Okay. You just think Christina Aguilera, Aguilera is prettier? Same, same thing, right here. <laughs> I, I think okay. Romeo's prettier. Okay. So, get, so you're yeah. selling Messiah because you think you can get more money for him, and you think he's ugly. You're keeping Romeo. Because yeah. he looks better, you, you think he's prettier, and yeah. you run a junior world with him. Well, I mean that's just a coincidence, but I did want a junior, world. and I like him. I like his personality, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, my size a, li- a little bit taller, a little bit bigger dog. He's got a bigger gear, and uh, I think I, I, you know, I get more money for him and. He's not as pleasurable to hunt as Romeo is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I don't own a horse. So. Well, I heard that. Well, you might have to get a horse. Yeah. No, that's not happening. Ah, right, well, I'm going to let you go. We've, we've been on here about an hour and ten minutes, so if you got anything well, else you want to cover right quick before we get us out of here. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've had a really good time. It's a uh, good talking to you, and uh, we need to do it again. Yeah, I was wanting uh, to do a little something different, um, just to kind of 
see how it went over where we wasn't doing life stories and and kind of giving people a different change of pace. And if y'all would, mm-hmm. kind of give us some feedback. If you like going back and forth about random topics or do you like the traditional uh, where you're from, how you got started with dogs, what would, you know, what dog did your grandpa start with if if you like that and i understand there's people that like that aspect of it or if you want to change in pace and get a little something different so what do you think me yeah what do i think oh dude i I think uh i like the banter i like going back and forth i like i like uh so that's all i do is listen to podcasts i don't i don't hardly listen to the radio at all i listen to podcasts or audiobooks and uh, and you know sometimes I, I like on the the podcast that I'm listening to, it I like the ones that are just general conversation and just just you know BSing back and forth. I feel like I'm sitting in the room with them. K- kind of like Pat McAfee's show or the New Heights with the Kelseys, such yeah, as that. Joe, you're right. Where they Joe just, Rogan. Joe Rogan, random topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. What? So, so, you know, I'm not just a squirrel hunter. Like, I mean, like it, it is a, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a, you got to live it. And, and I do. And I, I think about squirrel hunting probably 75% of the time, but I'm into all kinds of stuff too. Like I, I yeah. love, uh, you know, in MMA and, uh, in jujitsu and, uh, you know, I, I like, learning about Egypt and, and <laughs> so, you know, so, the Aztec Indians. The so Mayans. let me ask this question before I let you go. I've seen this on TikTok. How many times do you think about Rome a day? Rome? Have you not seen this? Mm-mm, I haven't. Apparently, uh, there's a lot of guys that think about the Roman Empire daily. Do you think about the uh, Roman no. Empire daily? I do not. No. I, I my wife asked me, you know, do you think about the Roman Empire? And I said, I have in the past. I mean, once or twice. I dang yeah, sure well, don't I, think about it daily, weekly, or monthly. But yeah, I would say more than once or twice for me. Well, it, it, yeah, per- periodically, you know. Uh, I I think I do find it fascinating how they used to make stuff without yeah. the modern tools and technology that we have. And right. That's for a different well, discussion, have, you know, a different day. But yeah, like you don't know what kind of technology they had. Yeah, well, it's you amazing know, when, the when things the, that they do. Well, what kind of technology we think that they had? Yeah, I mean, when the the library of of Alexandria got burned, that it, it it destroyed a, a ton of uh, information of the of the of the ancient world, like. They don't know how we made the the pyramids. That, like, I say us. They don't know how the pyramids were made. Like people, yeah. we, we don't know how the pyramids were made. Yeah, so, aliens. Perhaps. Yeah, I, yeah it, it's maybe. pretty wild. It's uh, that's a humongous feat for what we think they were working with back in the day. I just don't see how men with chisels are dragging this rock that is supposedly 
come Tons. from miles and hundreds of miles, thousands like, yeah, of miles like away. Yeah, like 500 Whatever miles away, and they, they weigh tons. And they're tons. dragging them. No, I just don't nah, see it happening. And then it's so high, I don't see how they got them up there. But, like I said, I wasn't alive then. So it's 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 hard to speculate. They might have had something that, you know, we just don't see now. But it is what it is. I don't know how yeah. we got in this no. random topic, but uh, yeah. Well, so I, I, but but I probably think about Rome more than, uh, you know, not daily, but but often. Like uh, I get quotes from like uh, uh, Socrates and and Marcus Aurelius. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess I do think about the Roman Empire some because I see that quite often, but but not daily. I got you. Well, all right. Well, the floor is yours, buddy. What What do you got to say? Anything? Everything? Yeah, man. Just uh, I like what you're doing. Keep grinding. Keep spreading a positive message about hunting dogs, and uh, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, and if y'all like this, get, let us know. Uh, you know, it might be something that we do more often in the future. And, you know, if, if you don't like it, I guess let us know that. Hey, I just want to hear about people and how they got started hunting. So that way we kind of have an idea. We're just trying to broaden the market. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, buddy. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Cody. Good talking to you. Yes, sir. You too. We'll see.